John chapter 15, verse 1 through 5. We're still in our truthful series. So let's read our, our, uh, our portion of scripture. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes. And he prunes every branch that produces fruit, that it will produce more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I in you. Just as the branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me, and I in him, produce much fruit. Because you can do nothing without me. So last a uh, couple of weeks ago, we began our season, our fruitful, thus our beautiful, fruitful stuff on our on our stage. Um, so we began began that two week couple of weeks ago, and um, and so we talked about how the um, the fruits like you don't know if you walk up through a random vine, you only really know unless you're like a horticulturist or something. Most of us only know the what the vine, what kind of vine it is by the fruit that's on it. Most of us don't know the kind of tree it is until we see the fruit. Oh, that's an apple tree. Oh, that's a pear tree. Oh, that's a grapevine. That's a muscadine vine, right? So we don't know uh, until, and they, so we said this, that the, uh, go back and listen. It was, it's, it's been really good, actually. This is a great revelation that really the fruit of the tree, the fruit is the glory of the vine. So what is the DNA of what is in that 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 uh, that vine comes out in the form of fruit. So we know what kind of fruit it is by the vine, right? So I mean by the by the fruit. We know what kind of vine it is by the fruit. So we, um, so we talked about. So we want the DNA of the vine of Jesus to be to cause us to create fruit, amen, and fruit that remains. And so we talked about all kind of fruit last week. And we talked about the fact that we must remain in the vine if we want to. Um, we talked about a lot of things. So in this, um, we talked about what is fruit last week. We said the fruit is his ways, his values, his definitions of right and wrong. His, we, and we wrapped it all up with this phrase. We said it was kingdom stuff, right? Just what the, when Jesus talks about when he came preaching the kingdom, the things that Jesus taught on, the things that he values, that they, they become part of us. We, we said this also, that fruit produces legacy. Fruit is actually meant to reproduce. And so, um, so we said all that last week. So this week, I am so thrilled to give you this message. This, what I'm going to teach you this morning is something that radically changed um, how I learned how to flow in the things of the Spirit, how I learned to um, fight off condemnation, understand identity all those things are going to be wrapped up and the way we're going to we um that what i learned about this topic changed everything for me so i'm believing god for you this morning that god's going to release a revelation this morning that you will learn and get a new revelation because maybe some of you are in here and go every time i mess up or every time i don't produce fruit or every time then i'm i'm a failure of a christian or I'm not a real good Christian because I've done, I do this, right? So we're going to bring you a little bit of correction to that kind of mindset and that kind of thinking this morning. So to give you a little bit of context of this passage that we've actually been talking about for the last two weeks, uh, this is a really interesting passage in, in John chapter um, John chapter 15. Actually, 
for like uh, three, four chapters in this book of John happened like between the between the Last Supper and the Garden, the Garden of Gethsemane. Um, like it, this is the this is a in between. So this is like Jesus some of his last moments with his disciples to say, "Hey guys, I'm about to go away. Things are about to radically change." You need to get this. You need to get this. What I'm about to teach you, you need to get this. And so he's about to hand over the keys to the kingdom. Well, not exactly. He's about to hand over that authority to the church. Hey, guys, and you need to learn how to drive this thing. You need to know what this thing looks like. You need to know how to bear fruit, right? So this whole conversation is wrapped in that in, in that um, in that idea, and that um, I don't know if Jesus was anxious about giving things out, but I'm sure he was like, "Hey, listen, you got to get this. You got to get. I'm about that. You don't understand. Like literally, in a few hours, they're going to come and arrest me. Right? I want you to get this. So, and in this talk, I don't have time to go through all four chapters right now, but if you go back and read this portion, these portions of scripture, these four like four, three or four of the only 21 chapters of this book. If you go back and read these things, you'll see a, a real common theme and an idea. And part of that idea is the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's work in these things. And he goes, I'm about to go, but hey, I'm sending you somebody. And let me tell you what this somebody's going to do. He's going to empower you. He's going to give you, he's going to cause you to be able to walk in these things. He's going to cause you to know, remember all those things that I told you. We're all forgetful. The Holy Spirit's going to be there to teach you, right? He's saying, listen, when all of these things are made possible because of the comforter that I'm about, we're about to send you. And we'll, what was with you and will be, what's this? In you. In you. And so, so here, here's how this, so I want to talk about, so, how does that all work together? How does, so we talked about the vine and being attached to the vine means I'm, a, I'm connected to the power source. It means I'm connected to all of the sap, if you will, of the vine that comes into me. Now the DNA is coming now and coming in me, right? So if I stay attached to the vine, then I'm going to start producing fruit. But what does that actually look like? What does it actually look like? How, do, how does the Holy Spirit, the sap, how does that actually flow into me and change and cause me to produce fruit? Well, here's what many times that we say. We say, all right, I came down forward. I gave my life to Jesus. Man, amen. The angels rejoice. There was a party in heaven, and you got saved, right? Born again. And then, this is the attitude of much of the church. Now, go and produce fruit. And so you go, okay, today I'm going to be kind. My boss is a jerk, but today, I can do it. I can do it. You play your little rocky music in the morning, put your favorite worship song on, and you go, I can do it, right? And you go out and you muscle your way through it. And you go, ah, yes. And then all of a sudden, he, it happens, and he says the things that he always says, and then everything changes. And then you cuss at him or whatever, and then you, 
And you're like, you have your lunch break. And you're like, God, I'm such a loser Christian. Like you're sitting in your car, like on your lunch break. You're going, God, I'm such, man, I'm a loser. Like I knew, like I played the rock music and everything this morning. Like what's wrong with me? And you feel like a failure, right? To think that we can go through life this way. Just do your best. Do your best to live for God. Do your best. Can I submit to you this morning? That is Old Testament thinking. Do your best is Old Testament thinking. It's law thinking. It's to you do what you can do and do your best to make it happen. It's law talk. And it is you doing, actually the purpose of the law was to say, hey, you'll never get this right. If you come to our home group, you'll realize we've been, we've been talking for the last 30 weeks, it feels like, about how you can't make this happen. If you're in that home group, you know what I'm talking about. Because we're, we're in Romans. That is an Old Testament understanding of how you, quote unquote, bear fruit. So when I started, when I started to understand some of these truths, it changed everything. Like condemnation started going away. Low, what, like this feeling like a loser Christian started going away. Because I didn't really know who I was. So let's begin at the, at the beginning. Because Paul um, talks a lot about these things. Right? So let's read some, uh, let's read some foundational scriptures. Um, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. Scripture says that when we're born again, right? He says... That therefore, if anyone is in, in, in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. For so many, so long, I went, that's sometimes true and sometimes not true for me. Because I didn't understand the concept, right? He is a new creation. Paul didn't say, you'll, you'll, hopefully, some days you'll be a new creation, some days you won't. He says, you are a new creation. You are a new creation. And then Jesus says it in John chapter 3 and verse 5. Jesus answered them and says, Truly I tell you, unless someone is born of water and the Spirit, natural birth, spiritual birth, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. For whatever is born of flesh is flesh. Whatever is born of spirit is spirit. So, so when I... Um, so I started under, so these, these, these scriptures were really, they were, they were almost a voice of condemnation for me because I thought I was a new creation, but yet I still do this, but yet I still have this issue. Or sometimes I don't walk in love. Sometimes I'm angry. Sometimes I have outbursts of anger, right? Sometimes I, some, whatever your, the, your vice is, sometimes my flesh takes over and it just does whatever it wants to do, right? And when I talk about flesh, what I'm talking about is your natural um, desires that are contrary to God, right? Those kind of desires that are of the old person, right? So let me, no, so let me, this will all make sense. Let me hit here. First Thessalonians 5, verse 23. Paul writes this, says, Now may the, the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus. So, if here's the thing. 
you are not just a single thing. You are a single thing made up of three separate parts. You are, actually, first you are a spirit being. You are, you're like, oh, this is a metaphysical wall. Just follow me. You are a spirit being. Actually, you're first a spirit being. You also have a soul, which we usually say is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. Like, so, and also, you live in a body, but your body also, uh, let me say it later. So your body is basically your earth suit. Your body kind of gives you permission to be on the planet for a while, right? If your body dies, then you, you're, you're going to have to go somewhere else, right? So listen, and all three of those things, parts of you, have a voice. All three of those parts have a voice. Your spirit man has a voice. Your soul, huh? your emotions, come on, have a voice. Your stinking thinking has a voice. Your body has a voice. Come to breakfast some Sunday morning. Your body has a voice. I want this, I want that, I want that. I want to eat this and then that and that. Your body has a voice. Well, doesn't your body tell you what to do? In, in every different, in all kind of different, all kind of different ways. You know you're supposed to exercise. Your body says, nope. All three of those parts of you have a voice. Have a voice. So, when you got born again, when you asked Jesus, when you committed your life to Christ, when you, when you said, God, not my will, but your will, I want to live my life and I'm submitted to you. I ask you, Jesus, to be the Lord, Savior of my life. Come in. I choose you and your way. And I receive your, your forgiveness. And God made you a new creation. Now, what part of you became a new creation? Man, I wish it was my body. That would be amazing. Wouldn't it? Like all of a sudden you have abs. All of a sudden you got like you got your six pack rocking. You got your muscles. You got your your full. You know you're fully in shape. That did not happen. Didn't happen for me. I've never heard that testimony. So your body did not get saved. Your mind and your will. Your it didn't get saved. Your spirit man, watch this, who was dead to God, no relation, separated, Paul says, separation. from. Actually, Paul now says there's now no separation for those who are in Christ, right? Our, your spirit man got radically changed because it was once dead has now become alive. In Christ. How do you know? Glad you asked. Uh, let's see. Romans chapter 12, 8, verse 12. Paul writes this. So then, brothers and sisters, just hang. Paul can be a piece of work sometimes, so just hang with him. 
So then, brothers and sisters, we are not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh. What is our bodies, our, the voice of our bodies, right? Because if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, huge portion of Scripture, you will live. For those who are led by God's Spirit are God's sons. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received the spirit of adoption who cried out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit. You see that? The Spirit of God testifies with our reborn spirit that we are children of God. And if children so heirs and heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, so that we may be glorified with him. So what he says is that you, he says, my spirit is connected with the Holy Spirit. And in me, he says, I'm a child of God. Christian, you know that part of the inside of you that you want to serve God. That part of you that craves to do God's stuff and kingdom stuff. And that part on the inside of you that wants to serve God and you don't always do it, but that voice is still there, and it churns, and it says, well, you need to get up and have your prayer time this morning. And you're like, no, I'm going to lay back in bed. Even that conflict tells you that there's something different in me. Do you realize that the unsaved person never wakes up and says, I need to spend time with God today? You know why? Because their spirit's not born. Their spirit's dead to God. It's dead to God. But you have been made alive to God, and your spirit is connected. What does it say? He says, um, <laughs> he says, for you that spirit, you receive the spirit of adoption, right? He says, um, for those who are led by the spirit, what's the scripture I'm looking for? 16. The spirit, oh yeah, the spirit himself, the capital S spirit, the Holy Spirit testifies with my spirit. You want to hear from God? There's the key. Your spirit is connected, what's this? Constant with the Holy Spirit. Whether you feel like he is or not, he is. Constantly. You are spirit. You are um, connected with the Holy Spirit by your spirit. The problem is my flesh ain't saved and my body, my feelings aren't saved. My weird sometimes desires aren't saved yet. But my spirit man is. That part of you that wants to do those right things, right? So Paul says this. He says, so what's the goal? That I'm led by the spirit. That I'm led by my spirit. Right? So we're called. But what's this? So what do we do? What do we do? Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 says this. Do not be conformed to, the, to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is good, pleasing, and the perfect will of God. So what is he saying? Hey, that part of you and, and this, what this, this, what this, what I'm about to talk about is the work of this really wild Christian word, sanctification. Sanctification is basically this. 
allowing your spirit, your born-again spirit, to have ascendancy in your life, to be the voice of your life, right? So what do you have to do? I'm not going to read all this scripture, but listen, your job, what, is to, the scripture says, what do you do with, it tells you what to do with your flesh. He actually tells you to crucify the thing, kill it. And then he says, how, what are we going to do about our minds? Renew our minds. That means, that here's the good news. This, means, this is such good news. When I was bound in addiction, this is what helped me come out. Because I thought I was just one person. I thought I was just one bad Christian. My spirit man, all it was, was I had a fleshly desire that took over. And what I needed to do is learn how to crucify that flesh so that my spirit, who's connected with God, can rise to ascendancy in my life. Listen, it's really that simple. It's really that simple. In context, and in, in, um, you want to overcome things in your life? Allow the spirit of God to rise up inside of you. Right? To, to have a voice in your life. Because, um, and then said, let me, do, I will read this. He says, now those who belong to Christ have crucified their flesh and with it its passions. Scripture says this, and this is a principle that we all need to realize. He says, whatever you, if you sow to your flesh, your own desires, you'll reap of your flesh. Whatever you sow to, you'll reap of. And, and it's not just, and it, you know, I've heard, I'm sure you've heard the, the preachers tell you, man, you just sow that more money, you get more money. Okay? There's truth, there's truth into that. Right? So, if you sow, if financially, when Paul talks about it, he said, if you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. Right? That's actually New Testament giving, by the way. You want to reap bountifully? Sow bountifully. If you reap sparingly, you'll... So, anyway, different teaching. <clears throat> but, what, but he also says, if you sow to your flesh, it's a principle of the word. Like God, there's such, so much farming terms in here. Whatever you sow to, you'll reap. And let me just pick on the easy picking. Like there is a world's mindset and a world's principle. There is a world's point of view about the way things are, and there's God's point of view. If all you do is sow, feed, take in the world's point of view, don't be shocked when you have the world's point of view because you've sown in it. Actually, God says, Paul says, you know, God's like, don't mock me. If you sow to your flesh, you're going to reap of your flesh. Like, don't ask me the question why, why, why you're continually battling your fleshly desires. You continually just sow to your fleshly desires, right? You're going to reap of those fleshly desires. So whatever you sow to, you're going to reap. So I was, um, so I was doing, I'm doing the um, John Eldridge um, Resilience. Um, it's, it's one of it's in his little pause app that he goes. I 
highly recommend it. And um, it's like a 10 minute kind of pause and he takes you through mental resilience and emotional resilience, all that kind of stuff. It's really, really good, highly recommend it. Um, so one of the things he says on there was really interesting this past week and it messed with me. How many of you know we all are growing? And um, so he, he asked the question in that pause, he asked the question, he said, who is the hero of your story? And then he stopped and said, hey, no, be honest. Who is the hero of your story? Of the story that you're living, who is the hero? And so my first response was like, and I know the right answer. Don't, don't. Can we just be honest? We're not honest, we don't grow. So I went, right now, Lord, it's me. It's me. I'm the hero of my own story. He says, well, if, and I, I felt the Holy Spirit say, well, if you're the hero of your own story, then all the provision and all the things that you need, they, re, they rely on you to accomplish. So why don't you switch and allow God to be the hero of your story. And that way, he has unlimited provision for everything. Right? So what just happened in that moment? I had some bad thinking, right? I had some wrong thinking in that moment. And what did the Holy Spirit have to do? Come in, and by the because I set aside time to hear from the Holy Spirit, because I set aside that time, the Holy Spirit was allowed to speak to my spirit, and, and my spirit was allowed to control and change some of my bad understanding. That is called sanctification. That is called growing in our walk, right? So now my job is to say, is to, in my own thinking, like, okay, so what have I sown to that's caused me to think that way? Or what have I not sown to that's caused me to think that way? Because it comes from sowing. So, so, if all we do is so, if all we do, just click on it, easy, is we just, on our phones, and we just sow, next time you move your thumb, go, I'm planting seed. That's amazing. I'm planting seed into my thinking. I'm planning, unless all of your feed is like super Christian, and you're like, wow, there's like, there's like Beth Moore, there's Craig Rochelle, there is boom, 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 all of it. Probably not, because they don't work things that way for you. You're fed a narrative. We understand that, right? If all your understanding in current world events is your favorite news person, you're being fed a narrative. Amen. Whatever your, whatever your side, you're being fed a narrative that may or may not be godly. Listen, we, we are in the world, but called to be not of the world. And we need to be, have the mind of God about some of the things that we're seeing in our world. 
the mind of God, right? So when, but my point is this, we sow all the time, all the time. And then we give our little, I'm just going to say it, because it's not the time to shrink back as a church. It's time to move forward. We spend our couple of minutes with a worship song on the way to work. And we think that that's going to somehow override all the other stuff that we're feeding ourselves all day long. Listen, we are supposed to be spiritually minded. The Bible says that when we're spiritually minded, it's like this. See, we're, we're, it's so deceiving. Our world is so deceiving. The enemy is so deceiving. He says, if you, if you live according to the Spirit, it's life and peace. Life and peace. What studies are showing across the board, you talk about this new, this, uh, I just listened to a, a, a podcast on um, Gen Zs. And one of the things that there's, it's common through all Gen Zs, Gen Zs are the uh, like 25, basically 25 and young, uh, 25 and teenagers. The biggest thing about them is our anxiety. You know why? Because they're being fed all the time. I was talking to my wife, man. I was talking about when, when I was young, my big thing was I loved, we had boats when I was a younger guy. We like water skied. And I was, I was like, I was like crazy about like water skiing. And, but you know what I'd have to do? I'd have to, have to fill out a little thing in the back of a magazine so I could get a subscription to their magazine. I'd have to fill it all out and I would have to send it. And I'm like, about six to eight weeks for delivery. Right? And then I would get a magazine with about 150 pages, and that was it, once a month, right? And I was also, I got on the mail list of Bass Pro Shop, which is amazing. And it got me thinking about it because I got a Bass Pro Shop uh, catalog. I was like, this is what I used to read when I was a kid. This is all I had, right? But now, we and our young people have complete access to every trauma, every bad thing, every horrible thing that's happening in our world now, immediately. And I'm telling you, our young people can't, especially our young people, but we weren't created to process that kind of trauma and that kind of information. But if we feed, if that's all we feed on, we're we're going to find a new narrative for our world And we won't be spirit-led. We won't be people of the Spirit of God. And God actually says, don't mock me, because that will happen. Don't, it's like, don't blame me, God says, when all these things happen. Because you can't fight what you reap, you sow. Or what you sow, you reap. The battle we have is for life's narrative, God's narrative. So God says this. So Jesus says, he says, actually, he says, so, um, uh, he says, um, he uses this term, that Christ would be formed in you. What does that mean? So that the Holy Spirit, because you're attached to the vine, that, that all of the DNA and all the power of God, all that will be, will so it's like yeast in our lives. Like whatever it's in, it comes to every part of that dough, right? It becomes... What God wants to do is form himself 
in you, in your thinking, in your desires, in your emotions. Yes, your emotions can be good. Your emotions aren't necessarily bad. That you will have God-centered thinking, God-centered emotions, and what happened, and then also the power of God. You can hear the voice of God. This is the intro to even the gifts of the Spirit. Is the power of God within you, within you, within you. The Christ would be formed. You know what happened when Christ is formed in us? Fruit. How does that person walk in that much peace? How does that person walk in that much authority or knowledge of who they are? How does when bad things happen to this person, this person seems to have an identity that I don't have. How is it that when I watch that person struggle with this, with this, this thing, I watch them overcome because of the power of God on the inside of them? Fruit, fruit, fruit. And that fruit is kingdom stuff. And that fruit is attractive to other people. And that fruit causes reproduction of, uh, of that fruit in other people's lives will be the light of the world. How, when we talk about identity, Paul says it like this, it's no longer I who lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. It's the power of Christ who lives in me, who gives me the power to do what God asked me to do. So what is it? So when Christ, it's not strain. So let me go back to my point. It's not straining out. I want to be nice to somebody today. Is I want to be pickled in God's presence where the Holy Spirit covers my whole life and that just comes out of me. Because I've spent time in His presence. Because I've spent time in His Word. And I've hung around all these other godly people who speak life to me. I know who I am. I know who I am. I know who I am. So when your flesh says that this is such a revelation to me, your spirit has a voice. And you know what you need to do with the spirit, your human spirit's voice? Speak it out of your mouth. Speak it out of your mouth. Your words have power. Right? You don't own, you, uh, if, if you've been here a while, you hear me say it all the time. You don't fight thoughts with thoughts. You fight thoughts with words. You don't fight thoughts with thoughts. You fight thoughts with words. Because if you don't, you'll be mental gymnastics. You'll drive yourself crazy. And we'll go visit you in a little, in a little home. You want to turn it? No. So when your body is laying in bed on a rainy Sunday morning, you know what you did this morning? And you said, I wanted to sleep in this morning. It's nice and cozy in my bed. And it's, it's like terrible looking outside. It's rainy. and I'm going to have to walk through that crazy parking lot they have. And you know, it's all the things. I, mean, I just went, and you know what you did this morning? You went, shut up, flesh. You don't rule me. You don't rule me. I am first a spirit being. And if you keep doing it again, I'm going to make you get on a treadmill. How about that? <laughs> and if you keep doing it, I'll put your little self on a fast. How about that, flesh? So shut up. My spirit rules. Amen? When I say, when I, you look at me and I go, no, no, not to me, not to me, you don't. 
Not to me, not to me, you don't flesh. Not to me, you don't stupid thinking. Talking all bad about I'm a I'm just I'm just a worthless little worm. No, you're not. You're a recreated in Christ. To created in Christ for good works. Your spirit man is screaming, God, we're gonna do good works. We're gonna do good works. We're gonna do good work, good work. And your mind's going, no, no, no. Right? So then what do you do? I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, mind, will, emotions, no more social media for you. <laughs> Done. Matter of fact, if you keep it up, I'm gonna get a flip phone. <laughs> keep talking, mind. That's how much my wife says it's so good. You're as close to God as you choose to be. As you choose to be. God says, you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. I'll draw near to you. The mind of the Spirit is life. I am governed by my reborn spirit man. When you say your, Jessica alluded to it in her prayer, when you say yes to God, when you give your yes to God, things happen inside you. So it's no more, you better read your Bible every day and make sure you always walk and pray. And then you'll have success in every day. You better do that. You know why? Because Christians are supposed to. Nonsense. Christians have to. We get to feed our spirit. You realize that, like every, like we don't be conformed to the world. Like that should just be like common thinking. And yeah, it is an option. It's an option. Don't be conformed to the world. I mean, you don't have to. You don't have to pick your CNN, Fox News, whatever. You don't have to. You can find either one of those. Our world's jacked up, and we want to be conformed to that. No, nope, nope, nope. I'm part of a different kingdom. I'm part of, I have a different king. I have a different king. He calls the shots. He's for life and peace in me. He has made me to bear fruit, to look like him, because his kingdom, his kingdom is so good. He says, taste and see that the Lord is good. That's so good. That's so good. Eric, why don't you come to the keyboard? Let's all stand together. Yeah, yeah, come on. Of course, Pastor Jessica. This is an opportunity to apply our faith. Yeah. Okay. So oftentimes when we say we're people of faith, sometimes we just regulate that to, I believe, the Christmas Easter story mm. and not this, mm. right? Because some of you will take that time tomorrow. You're going to carve up. You're going to get up early or you're going to go to bed late and you're going to carve out more time with God. And maybe the next day you're still going to miss it, right? You're like, oh, I did the thing, right? And it was going to be, no, it's, it's faith that I don't know when I'm going to taste this fruit but I will taste this fruit mm-hmm. in my life, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? I don't know when sowing into watching that sermon series or doing that Bible study or taking that time with someone else to pray or confessing my sins one to another so that I may be healed. I don't know when doing these things of faith will exactly reap fruit, but I will. And I'll challenge you one more because sometimes people's hearts move this way. My legacy, my generations, my children, mm 
my grandchildren will eat this fruit. Amen. Amen. Because we shall. are people yeah. of faith, right? This isn't just I believe in the resurrection, and that's it. You know, it's, that's all that my faith is applied to. My faith is applied to 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes at night. I will eat that fruit. I will see freedom in that area. I will grow in these things. Is that are, are we are we tracking? I can't yeah. even really see. Also, um, thank you for the honorable. But yeah, I just want to say this is this is faith talk. This is why we are called people of faith because we don't see the fruit yet. But we believe it's coming. We know it's coming. And so we're going to do the things God calls us to do because he's given us these keys of the kingdom to walk out. Yeah, so good. So good. So good. Come on, bow your heads. Come on. We receive you. So what did what did how did Jesus walk this out? You see Jesus so many times. Jesus is so busy. He has throngs of people flooding him, trying to touch him, trying to talk with him, trying to will you come pray for this? Will you come pray for that? Will you just but he would push and pull himself away and spend time with the Father. When in these days where the that's why Paul says as you see the days getting more evil, don't forsake fellowshipping together. Don't for, don't forsake gathering together. Because we'll need each other. You need to sow to your spirit. Some of our thinking needs to change. Apart from him, we can Holy Spirit, what do you want? Holy Spirit, what do you want people to know this morning? You know what has hurt my spirit? I want to know. Here, the Spirit of God says, Get to know me, God says. Get to know Him. As you spend time with Him, you'll become more like Him. You who have been married for a long time, you understand this thing. Spend time with that person, you get pick up their. God, we want more of you. We want you to completely be formed in us. God, not my will, but your will. God, not my ways of doing things, but God, your ways of doing things. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. You're welcome in this place. You're welcome in our in our hearts, God, you're welcome. We invite you in to our flesh, desires. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to renew our minds this morning. 
you who are battling anxiety this morning and you're battling maybe some depression anxious thoughts worried thoughts your your name is not anxiety your name is child of god and your mind however what however it was programmed was programmed into anxious thoughts and i hear god just say god's going to work on your anxious thoughts it's not going to come immediate it's a work that he wants to do you and him there's somebody in the room needs to hear that and and it'll also be a work of relationship with you and him as you work it together with him in your anxious thoughts it's not trying to get god to do get rid of my anxiety it's the Holy Spirit working in you his fruit of peace in your life. And invite him in. Invite him in to the anxious thoughts. Invite him in. You who are battling addiction in this room, and it's caused all kind of, I'm a loser, I'm no good. Our goal is going to be Starving our flesh of those things. Yes, that's part of it. That's also feeding our own spirit. Confessing our faults to one another that we may be healed. Find another brother or a sister who will help you walk through it. But it's the work of the Spirit of God in you. Not you just trying to get better and stop it. It's the work of the Holy Spirit of sanctification in you. And you're not a loser Christian. You're not. You're just not. Say, I am. Say, like you mean, I am what God says I am. Say, I am a reborn child of God. My identity is in Him, not my emotions, not my failures. I am. Born again by the Spirit of God. The life I live is not mine. It's by the Spirit of God who lives in me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. That's why I say all the time, you're better than you think. Because you're reborn. You're born again. The new creation, you've been made a new creation in Christ. So now we get to walk out these doors. And we get to go live like it. So when the Spirit of God speaks up to you, like he did to me this week, and go, hey, um, a little bit extra on that tip. You know, you, know how you, you know how you work this thing out, really? Is when you hear that voice, just obey it. The quicker you obey it, just, just do it. The quicker you do it, the easier it will be the next time. I'm telling you, this is the way it works. The quicker you obey it, the quicker you'll obey it next time. I feel like you want to hear, learn to hear from the Holy Spirit? I mean, please go to class. This is like heat. But... You want to learn how to live here from the Holy Spirit? When he speaks to you, hey, why don't you text so-and-so? They need a word of encouragement. Just do it right away. Yeah. It's never bad. It's never bad. Amen? Say, I am what God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. This week, I will walk in the authority and the identity that I am in Christ. Look out, world. Here comes the child of God. Makes you want to kick down these doors. 
Amen. Go be fired up. Let's go produce fruit and be fruit that remains. Show this world who God is like this week. Amen. God bless you. Have an amazing, amazing week. Thank you.